Hey, welcome back to Being Trans. I got an interesting mail that got shot across my vow. But before we do that, and before we step into that, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry I was away last week, but when it's my kids' week with me on school holidays, I'm going to milk it for what it is and watch them in these days that go by all too quick. You blink and they're grown up. I look at my son who's 13 and I am I I am just so lucky. I look at my daughter who just turned 12 and gosh, she's blowing me away on how smart she is. She wants to be an artist. So we're going to start working on how we're going to do that. Give her the best foot forward. My son Hezekiah, he, he's about to turn 10. Fourteen, twelve, ten. Ten, eight, six. Nine, seven, five. That was the ages we left. We've come a long way. We really have. Um, and I am just such a very fortunate parent to have these kids in my life. And it's and sometimes it's so very difficult for people to, to understand that. I look back and I think, wow, I wish I would have had what I'm trying to give my children with my parents, if that makes any sense. I wish that my parents could have found the time and heart and caring and love to have respected me the way I respect my children, to celebrate my children the way I do. I wish I would have had that in my life. But I didn't. I'm not angry about it. I'm just sad about it. It was a loss that can never be recovered. So this brings me into today's question. So please bear with me. This comes from somebody. And I hope that if you're listening, I hope that you hear this. And it gives you some guidance. You asked me, should I tell my mom I want to become a girl? I'm a 15-year-old boy. My young friend, I'll tell you really truthfully, you're at the most difficult point in your life. I was there. So many others like me and you were there. 
we suffered through not understanding who we are. We suffered while we kept it in the dark. If I could go back and tell my 15-year-old self, should I talk about it? With a resounding yes, you should. You should talk about it. But you know your parents best. You have about three years left of school. Three years left of enjoying living under mom and dad's house. If your mom and dad are likely to get pissed off and kick you out, it's best to focus on school. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. You're going to feel absolutely horrible for three years. That's three years you need to focus on schooling. That's three years you need to focus on getting the best grades that you can be. And being the best you can be. The best grades you can get. Because you studied. You dove into it head first. Eat, sleep, drink your education. Because you got three years left. Because you know, if you tell them, you may not be living there. That's a possibility. You may have a very kind, loving family. But you know them better than I do. And that's where it lies. That's where the truth lies. Who do you know? What do you know? Because if you know them, and you know they're not going to be happy with what you're going to say, think about it. Would it serve you better to remain quiet until you can get your life going? School right now is high school. No matter which, you know, if you're in one of the more developed countries. If you tell your mom, your dad, and they're accepting and they understand and they are wonderful parents and they talk to you and they listen to you, then yeah, tell them. Say, hey, this is hard for me to have a conversation with you, but I'm, I'm having some problems and I need to talk it out with the right people. And the first people I need to talk it out with is you. And be open and honest with your parents. Sit down and tell them, hey, A plus B is really not linking to C. And I don't know what to do. And I haven't known what to do for a very, very long time. Can you help me? Good parents, listen. Good parents care. 
Good parents don't get angry and kick their children out. Good parents don't attack their children for being different. I'm sorry to say, but not all parents are good parents. They can be good people in society. They can be good people to their partners, but shitty-ass parents. I've seen it. I've dealt with it. I've lived in it. Only you can make the choice whether or not you'll remain safe after you tell what you have to tell. But I think the moment you become honest with who you are and you start talking to the right counselors and getting the help that you need at this time, Because you don't need mom and dad to be there for you to get the help and the counselors. Okay? There are ways around needing mom and dad to talk to a counselor. You can start at your school counselor. And you can work from there. If you don't have a school counselor, there's places like Headspace here in Australia. Where you can go in and talk. There's other counselors and systems out there that you can go and talk to and get some guidance where to go next. You don't have to tell them everything. You can simply say, hey, I need someone to talk to, but I have no money. I'm just a kid, and I really... I really need to make a choice on something, and I don't have the ability to talk to my parents about it. Making that choice and making that opportunity to start talking it out with someone is part of the first step of transition. As I've said before, if you're trying to figure this out, you need to look at www.wpath.org. Take a look at what is required for transition. To be honest, the earliest you're ever going to get some movement on this is about two to three years down the road. And maybe, just maybe... Some other things will sort themselves out. But if they don't, and you make the right choices to talk it out, it makes your transition a lot easier. And if they... If you work with your mom and your dad about how you're feeling, if they're cooperative and kind and gentle parents. They're just going to want the best for you. It's not going to be easy. They may not be very happy with it because they don't want you to get hurt. Because the world isn't nice. It isn't kind. It isn't gentle. 
It's a rough world once you leave mom and dad's house. You don't really understand all the protection that house gives you while you exist in it. If you have good parents, they stick up for you. They go to bat for you. They call the school on your behalf to make sure that things are going okay with your grades or things are going okay with you. It's not easy. It never really is. So, my suggestion to you is know who you're going to tell first. Talk it out. With a counselor, if you're worried or you're concerned. And, uh... Go from there. Let your gut talk. <clears throat> I tell this a lot. I tell this to my kids. So try and follow with me. In all things, listen to your gut. The reason for it is people lie People tell stories. People change the facts. And your mind can be fooled. Can be misled. Misguided. It can even go down on its own wrong path by itself. Without even you doing anything or anybody else. So be careful when it comes to things like that. Don't always listen to your heart, either. Your heart can be led astray by the simplest thing of love, compassion, kindness, which sometimes feels real, but it's not. Sometimes it can be called infatuation. When you look at that word and you look at the way it acts, you feel like it. You know, you just think, oh, it's so right. It's, it's spot on. This is the way I'm supposed to feel about this person. But then your gut. Your gut is saying, oh, don't go down this road. Don't go down this road. Don't do it. And it just feels wrong with every sense of your fiber. And you've got a stomachache about it. And it's telling you, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't ignore it. Don't listen to your brain on it. And don't listen to your heart on it. Listen to your gut. It actually tells you the truth. Because it's not smart enough to be fooled by fancy words. It doesn't care enough to be fooled by flattery. Flowery words. But listen to it. It'll tell you. It'll take a little bit of time to get used to that. But it will. It'll speak the words that you need to hear at the time that you need to hear it. So, if you're out there, you've heard my comment about what you should do. 
Take a listen to what I said. You know your parents the best. Think it over real hard and long. Then make a choice listening to your gut. Because it's going to tell you what is the best, safest way for you. Because in the end, that's what you need to be. You need to be safe. And sometimes it's going to be a little bit of pain not telling your parents how you're feeling so you can make it through high school and get your education and get ready for the real world. A little bit of pain versus a lot of sorrow. Take the little bit of pain. It sucks. I know it does. And I go against everything everybody's ever probably told you to be honest and truthful and immediately jump out and tell your parents how you are. No. I'm calling for your common sense. If you know your parents aren't going to be happy with it, don't put your head on the chopping block. Be smart. Use what you were given. And that is a roof over your head, a meal in front of you, and time to grow. Get your education down. Start going to university. Then have the conversation with mom and dad. Then have the talk and say, hey, I've been seeing a counselor for a number of years and uh, I just haven't had the guts to talk to you about this. A plus B doesn't equal C, and I am transitioning and have been for some time. And I know you probably didn't want me to come and talk to you about this. You probably aren't even sure what to think about what I'm saying. I love you. I care about you in my life. But A plus B doesn't equal C for me. And listen to what they have to say. Because you were created with two ears and one mouth. So you should listen twice as much as you talk. Make good decisions. And if you need help, they're out there. Alrighty, we are going to take a break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about another question. Wow, I get a lot of these and this is good. I like when people give questions to me. I like when we talk about these things and we start looking at what is out there. So take a break, go get a drink, come on back. We'll get to the next question. Thank you once again for your questions. Did you know that this podcast could be supported by you? You could take the time and go to my Patreon, which I have the link in the description, which is www.patreon.com forward slash being trans. So being underscore trans. You could for as low as $3 a month show your support for this podcast. 
I do try to get to every question that comes across my desk. Some of them good, some of them bad. Some I do throw away, and I'm sorry. The ones I throw away, they're just a little bit off the cheek and off. They're just not right. But I will take a look at every question. I will answer the ones that I feel are the best to help others and to help those that ask. But I need your support. I need your help. And for as low as $3 a month, I'd appreciate it. That's www.beingtrans. Sorry. <laughs> I even make mistakes on these things. That's www.patreon.com forward slash bean underscore trans. Better to look in the description. It's an easier button to click. There's some freebies on there too. Hey, thanks for coming back. Hope you have a good drink, and uh, let's get going to the next question that came across my desk. I've got two that are a little, yeah, a little interesting. <laughs> uh, the first one was, uh, what do I think about gay people in general? Uh, you know, I really don't have any problems. I don't have a problem with anybody, as long as they don't interfere with my life. My life is mine. Yes, it's a little bit unconventional. Yes, I am very opinionated. And yes, I'm very strong-willed. It's my, my existence is not everyone's existence. And therefore, anyone that has their existence, it's not my existence. And I'm happy for them to live how they want the way they want, as long as they don't interfere with my life. And what I mean by interfere is, I don't want them trying to bust down my fucking door and put me on a cross. I don't want them to use my name and say that I agree with them. I don't want people to try and make laws and legislation and and, and rules because of who I am. And I don't want people knocking at my door with their religious fervor thinking they can save me. Because you know what? I don't need your saving. I don't want your saving. Because if I have to be like you to be happy, then I'm really not me. I'm you. And I don't want to be you, I want to be me. And I'm happy the way I am. And the people I know that are like me, if we all go to hell, which I know is fake, by the way, well, I'm going to have some really interesting company. I know a couple of trans people who are, you know, make me pale in comparison to how smart they are. I know a couple of people who are transgender who don't um, who 
don't have a spotlight life, who sit on the fringes of society and just exist, but they are extremely, extremely intelligent individuals. So when we come down to this and we look at this issue, if I've got to go to hell, I'm going to hell with them than sit there and listen to you tell me how I can't be you for eternity. Oh, piss off. Don't show up at my door thinking that you could do that. Because I will just tell you right away, I'm not interested. And you're wasting your time. I No, I will be respectful to you. But I will give you straight up before you get into your spill too much that I'm not interested. Okay, we're going to leave that one, because that one could go on forever. Really, it could. Um, like I said, I have no problem with a single person. I really think that the only thing that the LGBT community does do, and we do it quite well, is sometimes create a cross for ourselves to bear. Uh, and I've said this a number of times. And once again, like I said, this whole thing here in Tasmania where we had this legislation that allowed parents to choose the birth of the, the, the gender of their child on their birth certificate was pretty piss poor. And it got blamed on the trans community. And we've just passed a one year mark of this legislation. And it ended up coming back to haunt us again um, because they pointed at us and said, look, look, look. And we're like, I'm, I'm like, wait a second here. This really has nothing to do with me. I'm already born. All three of my kids that are the last three. Um, when they came out, we looked and said, holy shit, it's got a penis. It's a boy. Holy shit, it's got a vagina. It's a girl. It's that fucking simple. So, I think sometimes that we need to just step back and fucking use our brains. Yeah, I agree that when our rights are being taken away, we need to speak up. Don't get me wrong. I really agree with that. Um, I agree that we shouldn't allow people to attack someone on a bus for being different. I I fervently believe is you know you're you have the right to everything you you want to do in this world as long as it doesn't interfere with mine. And when you go rallying down to the courthouse to get a law built because you think that we have it hard as gay people or lesbian people or transgender people or whatever of the LGBT spectrum, better damn well make sure that it's not going to create a cross for us to carry. Just like here in Tasmania, that stupid law has created a cross for us to carry. And every time we turn around, we're having to defend against that law now where we didn't before. And it could have been done much different. But too late now. 
The cross has been built, and we must carry it to the end. Good job, stupid fuckers. Yep. Don't interfere with my life. Now, the next one that came across my desk was one, and I, I thought this was kind of cute. I, I wasn't really sure I really wanted to answer this, but it's, uh... Yeah, it's it's a little different, but I think I have a solution for you, and I th I think that it it might just help you. Some and there was a one that was above it that I need to also answer. So the first one that came across my desk was how does one balance their masculine and feminine energy? Now this is an interesting question. But I'm going to lump it in with this next question. Because this is really one that came across my desk. And I was like, ooh, I like this. How can one get a short haircut without my mom knowing I'm trans? And my mom is transphobic. I really hate my long hair. I just want to cut it and I don't want to mess with mess it up when I do. Well, you know, there was an absolute amazing movie. And the, and this one might be a little difficult for for people to remember that's never seen it, but if if you get off for a second and you just want to relax and watch a fun movie to watch and it's old, but it's called Breakfast Breakfast at Tiffany's. She has an amazing haircut in there. She really does. And it, it is that feminine short style of a haircut that is absolutely gorgeous. And certain people can make it work. If you're not sure whether that you, you want a more shorter haircut, take a look at that haircut because it's still feminine. And it's still beautiful. Maybe look at how you can balance a short haircut while still staying feminine to a certain point, but also still coming more masculine and allowing that all you have to do is change a little bit of it and you're more masculine. And that will help you with your issue of having problems with your haircut. I mean, good grief, I have problems with my hair all the time. Um... Uh, I want it long. I want it short. I don't want it at all. Yeah. But I think that's like any woman out there. That, you know, long hair is lovely to have. You look into the mirror and you go, oh, God, my hair is so nice. But then you realize it takes so much product to make it nice. And it's so doggone expensive. Nothing's ever cheap. Um, but, yeah, looking at these two and how you can balance them out is really a great way to um, get that sense of balance. But at the same time, for the young person that was asking, because their mom's um, being a jerk about the trans community, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Balance out your time. Use your time wisely. F yes, you want to be true to yourself. I understand that at the very core of it all. 
And yes, you want to have a better life. But right now, education is so important. Because if you're poor, if you have no education, no hope of an education, life is not going to be very good in the end. Get your education, please. Next, we ended up with another one. Sorry, my allergies have decided to turn on like a spigot. This one is a little bit different. RH HRT patch is safer than pills. Now, I have personal experience with this. I did a lot of research in the beginning of which way I wanted to go. Because estrogen doesn't really cause the kind of problems that you think it would, the issue isn't in the estrogen. But the issue relies in the hormone blocker. Estrogen is really safe. It's, it's never really caused any problems whatsoever except to make you fat. Oh my god. The pill makes you fat. I don't care what anybody says. Um... But there is the issue with spirolactone and some of the other blockers that are out there. They pound on your kidneys. They pound on your um, your stomach. It, it, it was just it causes a lot of problems. So in saying that, yeah, um, it's it's the way your delivery system is. Um, estrogen versus um, how the estrogens delivered to your body is is one's no safer than the other. There are side effects to all of them, but excuse me while I take a drink. Um, but those side effects are are very very minimal. Except for the patch. The patch has a, a side effect that if you get it, it's gonna fuck you around like crazy. And it did me. I had been I put the patch on originally, and the first problem that I had was that it didn't want to adhere very well to my skin. It caused a lot of issues. Because you're supposed to put it in a certain place and leave it there and it will work just fine. But the problem was, is I'm fairly active. And I'm also fairly inactive at times. But the problem that exists is that where it was, it just wouldn't adhere. And, I, and it wasn't because of hair. It wasn't because of anything else. Um, and so it would fall off and then you'd be sitting there trying to figure out a way to put it on even even at one point i put it on holding a and put a uh, a muslin bandage over the top of it that acted like a sleeve to hold it in place and that became problematic and then it 
I finally got it to work, but where I had to put it wasn't optimal. And I started having itchy issues around the outside edge of the patch. It wasn't under the patch at the time. It was on the outside edge of the patch. And then when I would take the patch off, I would know that I noticed that where it was at a few months later, the skin was starting to rise a little bit. So I would move the patch from one side to the other side. And by the time it came, because I did this twice a week, you know, remove the patch, put a new patch, put it in Wednesday and Sunday. And then I would swap it back over because by the time the next day came or the next time came around, the one side that was had the swelling was down and gone, but the other side had developed one. So I would swap it. And then somewhere at about the nine month mark, I started having allergy issues. And I, I've always had allergies. I'm freaking allergic to almost everything that's out there. I could probably go get shots, but, you know, I don't do well with needles. So I try to avoid those damn things. But in saying that, I... I um, oh, yeah, I run from the freaking needles. Um, <laughs> I'll never be an intravenous drug user. But when... It really started causing problems. I was having watery eyes all the time. I was sneezing all the time, more so than what I do normally. And the itching became so bad at some times that when I take the patch off, the skin was literally hot to touch. It was like, wow, this is really a reaction to it. So I started getting over the counter. Um, uh, antihistamines and was taking those but they're but they over a period of time would stop working so I would have to go from one style to another style to another style and then I would rotate those and I was sitting at home and I'm thinking god this just isn't right I, I you know and I put up with this for months and I finally went and talked to my doctor and I said look you know this just doesn't seem right something's wrong here and the doctor looked at me and goes yeah you're allergic to the glue on the back of the patch and that glue and the plastic that's the patch as well is not natural and your skin's going hey mother and your body's going hey i don't like this toxic stuff sitting next against my body all the time can we stop doing this and so we went back to, we went to pills and how that ended up was a very stressful time because I always thought I wanted to take care of my body better than what I was doing. And come to find out that the patches just became untenable. And to say whether or not they're safer, well, they, in some ways, they're just a different delivery system. Not necessarily safer, not necessarily more intrusive either. But at the same time, how my body reacted to them, it was not safer. I was really sick in the end when I finally stopped taking them. 
Uh, I, I'm notorious for forgetting pills all the time. So, um, I thought they were one of the best ways for me. But when it came down to it, it just really wasn't the greatest way. Um, the greatest delivery system for myself. It wasn't there. The pills have been a lot better for me. Um, and the pills are a little bit better than shots. Um, using shots, it, sometimes from what I've understood, it starts out really high and then it slopes down. Um, the pills can keep a steady rhythm going. Um, which is generally the way all bodies work. So you can match a rhythm where the rhythm of the shot is quite a bit higher than really low. Higher than really low. It doesn't release the same. And I've also heard more um, trans women having issues with um, the mood swings are higher on the shots. But other than that, it's just a matter of the delivery system of the uh, the estrogen. And I really don't think one's safer than the other, but I do think there are circumstances where you might have a reaction to one where you may not have a reaction to another. And that needs to be taken into consideration because each and every one of us are different. Um, do... Do, 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 do. Please do. Please do. Keep in contact with your doctor at all times. That way, if something is a little questionable, you know what's going on. They know what's going on. And the two of you can work around the situation. Ah, uh, let's see. I have a lot of questions that came across my desk. I do apologize. Um, I have I have one that, that somebody shot me out and it, it came across and it said, how can everyone be correct in their spiritual belief when there are so many contradictions between various religious beliefs and belief systems? Wow. And I wasn't really... Like, I get a lot of questions um, on my site, and I, I sometimes just don't really know how to answer them. Uh, some I walk away from and just go, I'm not, not going to try and answer that one. I don't know how that got sent to me, but this is another one I really don't know how it got sent to me. But, 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 in saying that, I can't answer this. Look, through history, we've all seen different belief structures. Look at uh, Greece and, and Rome and the pantheons of gods that existed around there. Monotheism is nothing new. It, it's just the belief in one god versus many gods. And then you have people that believe in just like I do, that believe we are so much more than we appear to be. And therefore, there must be something out there that 
breathed life into us. And to say that there isn't, we're deluding ourselves in um, our own creation. Now, in saying that, I think what you have to do is find what you believe in away from all these religions. Step back. Step back and look at how you believe. What are your personal morals? My personal moral is I'm going to live and let live. I'm not going to tread on your toes and I don't want you stepping on my toes. I have a few other beliefs that are very strong and I am very, very passionate about. But I don't go out standing on the corner trying to shove my ideals down people's throats when it comes to those religious-style beliefs. I mean, I really have a problem with people that are adulterous. Um, adulterers. So, I shouldn't say adulteress, because that's a female version. But yes, if you commit adultery, I have a problem with you. In my life. As far as you being together with me. Uh, you can do whatever you want. You can be a jerk to your partner. You really can. And they can get pissed off with you. And I can still be your friend. But if you come at my house going, Hey, I rooted this girl last week, but you're married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Or, hey, I had... Oh, I had an affair with someone. And I don't want to know about that shit. Get away from me with it. Don't bring that poison into my existence. Because I know how much it hurts the other party. If you can't be faithful, get the fuck out. Um, and that's literally get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of your relationship with the other person. And... Let them live their life and find someone that is faithful. Because I've dealt with it on both sides. I've I had a I've had partners that have been unfaithful. And I just got no time for them. They're they're not my my issue in life. I just don't want to talk to them. I've got no issue to talk to them. I don't like them. It's that simple. But you see how I'm looking at And if I took those beliefs that I have and went to look at a religion, most standardized religions don't support my thought process. They want, like I said, I don't care who you believe in. As long as you don't interfere with my life, find me a religion that's like that. It's very difficult. Then find me a religion that says... Adultery is bad. Okay? Murder is bad. Um, but leave suicide out of it. Because suicide is a whole other ballgame. And sometimes that has to be treated to get your life back in order. So you see how I'm, I'm taking these issues that are my personal code. 
and trying to find a religious context. It just isn't there for me. So when it comes to you and how you believe and how you want to be part of a group that's bigger, maybe just be part of society as a whole and build your world that is around you the best you can build. You don't necessarily have to be at a church. You don't necessarily have to be alone either. There are groups out there that meet on a regular basis that all they do is have a good time being good people. They go out and they plant trees. They go out and they clean up rivers. And they go up and do things for each other. You don't have to be part of a religion to have that support. But there's a couple of ideas for you. I hope they answer what you were trying to look at. Because I really... I know far too much about history now to fall for the 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 standard structured religions they've all done so many bad things and they continue to do so many bad things that they can't possibly be following their concepts that they were originally created with if christ did exist he wouldn't talk to any of the churches think about that If your so-called leader did exist, would he talk to your current structure of religion? I don't know enough about the Quran, and I don't know enough about Islam. But it's not really my ball of tea. I'm trans, and I'm LGBT, so therefore, it's not really going to work for me. Christianity, I know a lot about. Like I said... If Christ was on the earth right now, he wouldn't give you two cents to any of the current religions that say they support you. There are a whole bunch of religions. There are a whole bunch of belief structures. If you need that kind of fellowship, learn about it. Learn about it to the point that you know what you're getting into. Read. Read ideals, read commentaries, read whatever everybody else is reading, and read its supporting material. Then step back and think about it. Think how it's going to impact your life. And if you can be at peace with that, then good for you. If you can't, go to the next one if that's what you need to do. But I really believe that you can find a group that will support you for just being you. Well, that really does end my thought process on answering questions for the day. Um, but I'd like to get into something a little bit more interesting. Something a little bit newsworthy for you. Oh my gosh, my nose just decided to turn on a spigot. Off camera, off mic, you 
could have heard me sneeze about 20 times. I have this friend who has this really quaint and cute sneeze. It's like, cute, 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 cute. And they just keep going. For myself, I have the worst sneeze. If I sneeze, I will take out this microphone because it will be on the other side of the room. I do not have a quaint, cute little sneeze. I can try, but it comes out going, ha and it really sounds stupid. Or I sneeze and it hurts my upper uh, sinuses. So I just let out the sneeze the way it comes. Mind you, I won't have a microphone when I'm done. But that's a sneeze and a half. When we come back, we're going to talk about some evidence that uh, I have talked about in the past. But in case you've never come across it, I figured I'd give you the ability to take a look at it, and maybe we can have a conversation about it. So get a drink, come on back, and let's look at some newsworthy stuff. In case you didn't know, I'm a big supporter of mental health. I really want everyone I know to take a look not only at who they are, but how they are. And that being that if you have an issue where mental health is not at what you think it should be, I kindly ask you to take the time, think about what I'm saying, and then go get some help. There are lots of organizations that are out there that do a great job and don't have agendas. You can start by looking even online. There, If you're part of the LGBT community here in Australia, you can even get in contact with QLife. They can lead you and guide you to someone that can help you out. They even have phone support. So if you're having a tough time, you can get in touch with them. If you're here in Launceston, Tasmania, there is a fantastic group. Well, one person, I should say. And her name is Vic. And she runs a company called Attitude Counseling. I shouldn't say company. It's a counseling service. <laughs> Yeah, she's a fantastic human being. I've known her for, oh my gosh, close to 10 years now. And I truly value our friendship. But Vic is a really good person to talk to. She means what she says, and she says what she means. You may not always like the answer, but I'll guarantee you everything she is telling you to telling you comes from her heart, and it is 100% true. That's 0499-184-088. And as always, if you need help immediately, dial triple zero or 911. Don't waste time. I want you around. You're worth it. And we'll talk later. Now back to the regular program.
Well, as we're closing out today, I wanted to bring you to a a news article that was published in August of 2018. Now, I've said there's been several studies on this because this is really um, some technology that they are looking at. The European Endocrinologist Society took a look at trans youth and looked at their brain structure. But here's another one. This was done with adults by the University of Sao Paulo's Medical School in Brazil. Even though Brazil is probably one of the most unsafe places for those who are trans, they have a really, really high population. Because it is so nice and it's, yeah, at one time was just accepted for being people being people. It's changed. And I would suggest that if you're thinking of going on holidays, maybe look at places that aren't like that. Maybe look at places that do welcome the trans community. Look at places where you're safe. Because Brazil, not really one of the safest places to go if you're trans. But they came out with this study where they took uh, the MRI scan of 80 individuals between 18 and 49. They created four groups of 20 people each. Cisgendered women, cisgendered men, trans women, and trans men. Okay, so you have this group where they have created a study, narrow in scope, unfortunately, um, but they looked at a certain region of the brain to see whether or not it showed any signs of difference between the cisgender and the transgender. And they found out that this one section of the brain, which is is, is kind of important, and it's the insula section of the brain. And... I really want you to take the time, read the article, then I want you to take the time and search out the study that comes from it. Because I think the more that we understand where these uh, studies are coming from, we have a better chance of understanding ourselves. And I, I think that if we just simply say we are because we are, then we're really not understanding who we are. Why are we so much different than the cisgender people? It's, I'm not trying to give you information to justify your thought processes for being trans. Far from it, I think that if you want to, for people to accept you for who you are, you're going to have to show the reason that you are a good person. Start with that, first of all. Start with being a kind person. Start with doing things that people would not expect someone to do. 
Be kind, be gentle, be caring, be loving. And the moment you step into that realm of those kind of reasons, the more people will start to look at you as a whole and say, you know, Allie's a good person. And somebody will go, you know she's transgender. And the person will go, yeah, I do. And I don't care. She's a good person. That's the kind of realm we need to be aiming for as a society, as a community. Uh, we need people to see us for who we are. Good people. The moment you become a good person, it's harder to hate. The more that they understand that losing you from society would actually be hurtful to society, the, the more that that kind of hate and disgust fades away. And that's where we need to be at. This kind of information helps you if you end up in a discussion with somebody and they say, well, I just don't believe. Okay, well, do you believe in cancer? Yeah. How do they detect cancer sometimes? How do they know what's going on with the cancer? Well, you know, they do this, they do that. Well, okay, so you believe in doctors, yeah. All right, well, the same doctors that are looking at that look at why I am the way I am. And the same science is used behind it. And you work with the people. You don't just sit there and go, well, I am, I am. Know your stuff. Know the reason behind why you are the way you are. And then be cool about what you're saying. Don't be a jerk. Don't thrust it in their face. It's just like that whole thing. You cannot change someone's mind. They have to change their mind. You can provide them the tools to change their mind. And if they don't, well, then that's up to them. Living in ignorance is no excuse for a good person. But if they want to live in it, you can't force them out of it. Now, in saying what I was saying... This is a really interesting article. I'll share the link below. And I hope that you take the time to have a quick read. It's not—it's like maybe a two-minute read, really, it is. Um, but you can dig a little deeper into where this study came from. You'll have to do a bit of research, but it is out there. But it does show that there is a significant difference between the cis part of society and the trans part of society. They're not the only one. Like I said, Sao Paulo did it in uh, August of 2018. There was another one that was done in 2018 that was done in Europe for the trans youth. Sao Paulo did it for adults. Now, they both had a really good um, selection criteria. They couldn't the people could not have been on hormone adjusters for one year before looking at the brain structures. The problem that I, I have with the one that was done in Sao Paulo is we were not looking at a base level where you had the trans that community that was coming in to look at. They could have been using... Uh, HRT a year before the study and I, I would have preferred to have seen a more uh, 
narrower scope on that. So the person could have never used HRT. So you have your 20 trans, I mean, your 40 cis and your 40 trans, and none of them have ever been on HRT. For those who don't know, I'm talking about hormone replacement therapy. The reason for it is you're looking at the brain scan of individuals that are as close to identical as possible, except for the issue of cis versus transgender. Now, do that. Find that study. It's out there, too. But like they, like I read another article, a gentleman was saying that it the Sao Paulo was a tad bit um, narrow, uh, wide in scope, and it was too wide to the point that the information could be skewed. And I, and the way that I've read it, the way that I've looked at it, I'd have to agree with him. You have a group that has only been sequestered for a year from using hormones, but not a group that has never touched hormones. So that uh, you'd have to look at the two because when you read what goes on with HRT and the um, physical changes that happen from HRT, uh, you really have to look at that because crazy enough, some of the things that doctors never tell us is that even your brain structure is going to change under HRT. Crazy, isn't it? Neuropathways start going differently. So he may go, your your neurons may have gone, hey, let's go right. Oh, wait, I've got new hormones in my system. I need to go left. It may have gone, oh, hey, wait, one second here. I've been going right the whole time. That's so difficult. Going straight ahead is directly where I need to go. Thanks, HRT. I'm going to go this way. So sometimes for people like myself, uh, HRT was quite a blessing. It, it cleared up my thought processes quite a way. I was actually able to actually focus on some of the things that I've enjoyed in sporadic events. Like, I was writing a book a long time ago, my first fiction piece. But I would write it in sporadic points. Like, a week here, I would I would write. And then, a, like, a day here, I would write. But then I didn't have the confidence to keep going down that path. I didn't have the, the willingness to just focus on that alone. And that became very difficult to work with. So, an HRT changed that for me. It also opened up a little, it, it removed a lot of my anger. Because I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was an angry person. I was angry because I was having to hide a lot of things. And that becomes a weight that you have to carry around your ankle. It really does. Like I know a person. At one point, this person in their life was such a lovely individual. But now that person is horrific. Absolutely shocking. I care about the person. But I can't be around the person. Because that 
person is such a shocking individual. It just, like, blows my mind. I know. It really has nothing to do with being trans, but when you look at it, there are certain things that if you are like that and all of a sudden you open a door like I did that stops that because the medicine is right, it's perfect for what's going on, and things just clear up, yeah, life changes. And knowing why is half the reason. Like, I have dug into why HRT has affected my brain the way it has. I've dug into why... I am trans, and I continue to dig. I really do, because I want to know why. I'm not the person that's going to sit there on the sidelines and say, I'm a woman, damn it. No, I'm transgender, and I'm okay with that. A lot of people aren't, but I am, and I'm the person that matters. Why am I okay with it? Because I've taken the time to do the research and know that the scientists that are out there that are doing the cadaver research, the MRI scans, and such like that, that they're doing the best they can to help me answer my questions. This study is still very good. It's good to see because they're looking at a section of the brain that hasn't been looked at in a couple of other MRI studies. And... When we start looking at that, we need to say, okay, I get that A plus B is not equaling C because this doesn't equal that. And it helps out quite a bit. Uh, da -da -da -da. And that's pretty much the simplistic view of it all. And I think... We should end that today. Take a look at the links in the description. They will help you know where to go. And I'll look forward to talking to you next time on Being Trans. Take good care of yourself because you matter.